Today on our show, we discuss why Brian Cranston is our spirit animal. We also review Pacific Rim, Uprising, and finally, have we reached peak Netflix? We find out in our review of The Outsider. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, the podcast about the latest in the world of film and entertainment. My name is Adam Flint. Joining me on the pod today, it's the other guy who also has an unqualified opinion, John Descamento. How are you doing, buddy? I am great. I'm ready to serve up a whole dish of unqualified opinions for your delights. I don't. I, we, we, it's such a British thing to do, but the weather over the last like few pods, we had the beast from the east, mm. then the sequel, and uh, I'm happy to report. I don't know why. When, this is not weather corner. This doesn't go now for the weather. Last podcast, crap. This podcast, is not so crap. Weather podcast where people just talk shit about weather. Maybe. I'm sure there are out there. But anyway, quite funny. Um, over, We've got the Easter weekend coming up and the media was proper building up saying that the, the Beast from the East part three was going to come in. And uh, uh, one of the weather hosts for, I think, ITV has come out and basically said, it is all bollocks. There is not a third snowstorm coming. Please can... It's just a slow news day, basically. Really? Oh, that's good because so, I was yeah. I can't be bothered with another one. I love snow once a year, and then I've had enough of it, mate. <laughs> I've seriously had enough. But anyway, speaking of news, news. Do you like Chris Hemsworth? Um, he's all right. Do you like Tessa Thompson? Yeah. Well, good news. You're going to get them back together on screen again. Uh, they were fantastic in Four Ragnarok, and have you seen Atlanta? You know. Atlanta, Danny Glover, um, sorry, Donald Glover, shall I say, wrote, wrote, directed, absolutely fantastic. She's a breakout star in that. Anyway, her and, and Chris Hemsworth are going to be, not reprising, but rejoining on a cast again for the Men in Black sequel, reboot, spin-off. They're not really, they're keeping it close to their chest, the actual storyline of the film, but they're going to be the main characters in a Men in Black universe movie. Right. Uh, Men in Black with Tessa as a man in black. Or what's well, going on there? Uh, uh, I suppose she's part of the the Men in Black, and she'll be an agent. So maybe 2018 changes the title a little bit. So it's a <laughs> people in black, people of black, people in black, <laughs> being uh, being all funny. But um, I, I like this, right? Chris Hemsworth. I think each time I see him in a comedic role, he flexes his, for lack of a better word, muscles in it. And there, he's he's a funny guy. Mm. And and Tess Thompson, I think she's she's a revelation in everything I've seen her in. So. Um, yeah, I hope they kind of continue it as a not as a reboot, but kind of like a continuation. I'd like to see like a Will Smith cameo in there or something. That'd be quite I'm cool. I'm sure we're due a cameo from a couple of them. That would be good to see, wouldn't it? Is Zed still alive? Maybe they do a tribute to. Do you remember when they tried to make out that Michael Jackson uh, Men in Black agent in training? Ah, I don't remember that. No. Ah, no, Men in Black too. It was, it was fucking terrible. To be fair. <laughs> Just moving on from that. So Disney, we know they've got a massive slate of live action movies planned, and we know the latest one that will be hitting our screens will be The Lion King, as well as Aladdin, which Guy Ritchie's directing. But also they've announced. I don't know whether they should call this a live action reboot. Lady and the Tramp. Hmm. How's that? How are they doing that then? So it's just going to be like a modern version of that told with computer graphics, I suppose. Right? Um, there is some human elements in it. I mean, the dogs have owners, but you don't really see them, <laughs> do you? They're kind of like you only ever see sort of the bottom half of them. But um, so yeah, they're doing a they're doing a Lady in the Tramp 
reboot uh, for I think 2020 its slated release date. Yeah, who needs original stuff, Disney? Just pipe out the hundreds hundred year old stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Speaking of dogs, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, which comes out next week, well I think it's been out in the states for a little while now. There's going to be an exhibition in London of. I mean, for those who don't know, Wes Anderson is a uh, directed and uh, wrote a film called Isle of Dogs. Um, it's set in a a weird timeline in China where all, the, all dogs are banned and have been banished to this little garbage island and it's a stop animation movie with a real stellar cast of voice talent. Um, oh, I think Brian Cranston was born to play a dog. I mean, he was great in Breaking Bad, but I heard him as a dog and I was like, Perfect. Yeah, what? There are some people that you just look at them and think, dog. (laughs) Brian Cranston is one of them. He's an amazing voice actor. I mean, and when he adds his likeness to something, this is uh, the Power Rangers reboot. It's fucking terrible. But (laughs) Brian Cranston is Zordon. And you think, oh my God, I can't think of anything other than a perfect match for that sort of thing. Brian Cranston can, can pull off some amazing things. And like you say, when you see the trailer for this, it's absolutely fantastic. The reviews, actually, when I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, I don't really care for stop animation. I'm sorry, I might upset some Wallace and Gromit fans out there, but it's kind of shitty, really, isn't it? And um, I don't, I definitely don't think it was made for the big screen. But this, every time I see a trailer for Isle of Dogs, every time I see a little bit more, there's always a little bit more of the premise, a little bit more of the, the writing that makes me think, I actually want to see this now. Like, I, there's something interesting. I kind of disagree. I think a lot of the stop motion films I I've seen, especially the Wallace and Gromit guys, um, you, I think the attention to detail is so much finer because they've had five years to make the film, so every part of the script just seems like it's been redone until it's perfect. And I think that's a common theme in a lot of stop animation film so i'm sort of glad i love the feel of this it had some awesome music in the trailer i'm i am intrigued and wes anderson can always promise you something at least very interesting and original to watch right true um yeah if you think of was it grand budapest hotel that sort of weird quirky humor um there's kind of a bit of that what i really like is that in this film isle of dogs all the dogs speak to each other in english and no one can understand what the dogs are saying other than other dogs um there's a there's a protagonist a, a little child in this film and he's japanese and he speaks japanese in the entire film and the dogs don't understand what he's saying and he doesn't understand what the dogs are saying and just the the humor that comes out of that in that style i think the writing sounds incredible i'm just not a particular fan of the animation style itself i, I don't like it i appreciate that a lot of effort goes into it and um hey you know if this causes a resurgence and i mean stop animation i think it's fair to say the brits are kind of got the are the world leaders and that sort of stuff so if it generates more interest in that and that means more british talent then all the better for it but if you are a fan of the animation and if you are a fan of the arts works um used in this film there's an exhibition currently going on in central london showing off some of the key scenes from that film i mean i've got to do something with all that plasticine <laughs> left over right why not You've made all this, these incredible sets. What are you going to do with all these dogs? You can't just throw them away. No plasticine dogs were harmed in the <laughs> in the making of this film. It does look stunning, though. I mean, I, I know what you mean. It kind of... A stop motion sort of looks clunky in a lot of ways nowadays when you look at a smooth Pixar animation when, you know, everyone compares it to that. But I do think 
it always looks kind of interesting and yeah it yeah, has a place in the world for it but you, you've not convinced me i'm not gonna sit there and watch hard man sorry mate but um i'll tell you it did come out we've reported this film pretty much from the moment its inception was announced deadpool 2 the trailer the proper trailer got released for it um over the last week it is so meta there are so many in jokes in there and um, although i'm a bit worried um it feels like they're kind of doing best hits of deadpool in terms of the jokes that are coming in and um, they it dropped a whole new bunch of elements of storyline so we're starting to figure out a bit more about the film and um yeah there's i'm not as excited as i was before the trailer come out they're playing maybe they're just playing it safe they're just putting the humour in that they know fans love already. Yeah, I mean, we're not far away from the release now, and you're, you're probably right in terms of, look, we've done lots of great marketing, we've we've done little tidbits, little teasers, a teaser for a teaser, we've done the guy off co- off his face on cocaine doing the painting sort of teasers, we need just to do a bog standard, keep the stakeholders happy, here is just a cut and paste, you can see some scenes from the film, job done sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, a bad trailer doesn't often worry me too much, doesn't put me off too much. Um, it, I wouldn't say it's a bad trailer. I was just say that it's uh, a safe trailer. It's like, yep, yeah, I can see some funny bits from the films. You've you've dropped a couple of lines and you've got some characters I remember. Um, although I did like, there's kind of like a meta bit with him and TJ Miller talking at a bar at the end of it, just going, oh, this is so good. They probably won't even do a number three. Yeah, stop with two. You killed it. And then they both laugh, basically implying that they're launching <laughs> lots of franchises and everything else from that. Um, another trailer that dropped last week. Now, I remember when the I remember this story coming out. You know, you feel fucking old when you hear stories actually coming out and they those stories evolve into being films. Those films come out. Now, basically, um, I think this was a BuzzFeed article. It started life as a BuzzFeed article about four years ago. There's a group of friends who have been playing a game of tag for over 10 years and they've it's interrupted weddings. It has absolutely disturbed jobs. It has been like a thing which these group of friends have been doing for an absolute long time and you know there's something really enduring and and charming about that but the rights to this story was picked up by a studio to make a film and the trailer for that tag came out um over the week i mean cast wise i'm really happy of this cast because if you told me that they were making that into a story, I'd think, oh, it's going to be one of those shitty ensemble comedies where you get a, a, a weak premise where you get some funny people in and hope for a bit of magic, whether it's a, mm. an Adam Sandler ensemble or a, um, a Vince Vaughn collective. He's desperate for a comedy, so maybe they'll they'll throw that together. Or even worse, Netflix picks it up and puts Adam Devine as the lead. You know, there's there's so many things that can go wrong with this. But um, I'll just tell you the cast listing, right? So John Hamm, I absolutely love him. I uh, love John Hamm. I think def- a comedy chop. He's got some comedy chops as well. Yeah, it's got it's got Ed Helms in as well. Who you know we kind of we kind of see him in quite a few comedies. Uh, glad to see Renisha Jones. In film, I mean, have you seen her in Parks and Recreation? She's absolutely hilarious in that. Jeremy Rena, who you don't necessarily associate with comedies, but I've seen him do a lot of SNL skits, and he's a he's a naturally a funny guy. Yeah, I watched the trailer for this one, and he comes across funny straight away, doesn't he? Yeah, like in a not Ed Helms is funny, but he tries very hard. He's, he's Ed Helms, right? He's a he's a he's a naturally yeah. a comedic actor, and you kind of see you kind of see it. But Jeremy Rena. There's just something about him which is funny. Yeah. Same with John Hamm. Because yeah. they're so straight deadpan, I think when they are funny, 
they're even more funny to me, I think. Yeah, definitely. And he always does like little cameos and bits. But even I think John Hamm, maybe because I just love Mad Men so much that anything with the Hamm in, like, I'm in for. Like, you know that Black Mirror episode he's in? Yeah. And it's just an episode. It's just there's this bit in that episode where he's sitting there talking to this computer program, convincing her that she's a computer program and she's got to go to work. And he sits there and eats toast. And uh, me and my wife watch this going, you know what? I could just watch John Hamm eat toast all day. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of already sold. So, yeah, the trailer for that came out, as John mentioned. It seems like, um, again, although it's a really, really good cast, a bit of a weak premise, so I'm hoping that the writing's really good. You cannot have the weak premise and a good cast and not have the, the writing really drive it through. So I hope this is a good project, but I think I might be disappointed. Hoping it's not a gimmicky comedy, i.e. hangover style, as we discussed last week. That's what it felt like to me with the trailer. But I think that the actual real life story is so... It's just one of those good, really, feel-good stories, right? Yeah. And you kind of hope that because something so, so fantastic in real life happened, that the film can at least mimic and try and capture the essence of that. So I'm hoping it does. Yeah, I bet those dudes are over the moon that Ed Helms and uh, John Hamm are going to portray their... I bet they're pretty happy story. going to the bank, to be honest. I can imagine they've all got a nice, hefty yeah, payout. There you go. If, you, if you're thinking about putting an article on BuzzFeed or uploading a blog and you think, nah, no one's interested... It might lead on to some film rights and some serious dollar. You so. might have Jeremy Arena <laughs> playing you being chased on your wedding day to continue a game of tag. Who would play you in a comedy? Oh, God. Well, it'll be a mixture. I mean, I'm not arrogant, but it's probably George Clooney. I get told I look like a young George Clooney a lot. Um, <laughs> um, Sorry for laughing. That's all right. Maybe... Um, Maybe Brad Pitt if he if he loses a few pounds. He's a great com comedic actor. I love Brad Pitt in comedies. <laughs> I can't believe actually we asked like that question. Who would you get to play you, John? Um, Jim Carrey. Would you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I can see the I can see the resemblance absolutely. there. Just because he's my favourite, not because he has any uh, similarities to me whatsoever. I can tell you who um, who is playing someone very famous. Mm. Speaking of which. Um, the nice guy, the guy from <laughs> from Mr. Robot. We know we've been putting on a while. Bohemian Rhapsody, the Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah. Um, this project has been in trouble for a very long time. Originally, Sasha Baron Cohen was attached. Uh, then he walked away from the project, and Brian Singer was directing it. And then he got fired because he basically just took a paycheck and didn't bother to turn up to work. Um, and then the guy who done the Eddie the Eagle movie he's he's landing the project at the moment and um, he's obviously must be doing a good job because they bought the release date forward this was supposed to come out on Christmas Day of this year um, it's supposed to be uh, a biopic about Freddie Mercury we've not heard any details other than that we've seen a couple of set photos that show um, the guy from Mr. Robot really looking the part but anyway it's been bought forward to the 2nd of November so I mean that's a good sign you know they must they must think, oh, the project's actually been picked up, landed properly, and they've they're happy with what they've got in post production, so they've brought the date forward. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. I hope they haven't. Uh, hope that I hope it's not like a rush. So, oh, let's just finish, get this out. You know. Do you want it to be about the music or a bit about Freddie? I love music biopics, but I would like it to be about Freddie. I think. Obviously, you you watch it, you want to go and see, you want to know Queen, the ins and outs, but. The other three are kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, and don't worry, I love, like I say, I'm a massive fucking Queen fan, right? But I'd, he basically came out to the world officially and announced he had HIV officially the day before he died. 
Now, for him to be in a world where he had to be pretty much on his deathbed to announce those things, that's an interesting story to tell of the what the world was like at that time. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm really interested to hear that side of things. I can imagine a real good drama is in there as yeah. well, right? And I think that's going to hopefully pay you true homage to his legacy and also, you know, spread awareness for what he went through. And I'm sure there's still definitely relatable themes that, to what's going on now in a lot of ways, hopefully. True. I mean, even if it is just a fluffy, hey, you know, what? there's going to be about 11 great covers of some great songs in here and there's going to be a, a narrative, but it's going to be stay on the light side. It's still going to be a great film, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, I really think they've got an opportunity here to make some Oscar gold and I don't know if that's going to be utilised this time around, but uh, yeah, it's Freddie Mercury is such an amazing character. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with this. Fingers crossed. Streaming Gems. Do you know what it means? It's a fable. The koi fish who can swim up a waterfall becomes a dragon. I see that look in your eyes. For streaming gems this week, well, obviously we've got our Annihilation special that'll be dropping over the next few days, but um, I want to review The Outsider, the latest out of the Netflix original wheelhouse or shithouse however you want to pronounce it at the moment and um, jared leto is the main in this the premise is set in 1949 uh, a few years after the second world war where basically jared leto's character plays a prisoner of war who is uh, still in prison in japan and has to uh, survive in this prison and during this this ordeal he he makes friends with with a few of the inmates who turns out they're part of the the crime family syndicates that that run japan and when he's released from prison he he gets inducted into these families he becomes he becomes part of the yakuza the the original crime family of of japan and this film i think probably started life as something far more ambitious than actually how it ended up i think because the name jared leto this actually was made. Um, Cast-wise, it's got a real. Uh, it's got. A, it's got, obviously it's got a very Japanese-heavy cast. It's got. Uh, I'm gonna butcher some names here. Apologies. Zaria Katsuna, uh, Tabuno Asuno, Kipi Shini, and uh, Scott Takeda. I mean, interesting. I mean, the cast-wise, um, I don't know these actors very well, but I'm led to believe they're they're very big um, in Asian film, which is fantastic. They're really going there in terms of trying to showcase talent. There was a load of um, backlash on this actually when Jared Leto was originally cast because they were saying, "Why, why have you went and got you know typical white savior comes in and and becomes the head of something?" Mm. And after seeing this film, I kind of got to agree with him. There's no real reason that this guy has to be an American POW, other than it's just. Let's put Jared Leto in it. So I actually, on this occasion, really do agree with the backlash. The film is no better. I can promise you the film is no better for having Jared Leto in it. It's funny, the backlash doesn't really matter once the film's out and it's crap. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. Stop talking about definitely. it. Um, so, yeah, like I said before, the film kind of goes through this this prison story, which then goes into a, a gangster citywide story where um, Jared Leto is basically an unhinged psycho. Um Okay, there's some layers there to say maybe he never left the war, maybe he never he what he found acceptable during a time of war is not acceptable in in 
actual society so the only way he can function and exist is to be a gangster or a a grunt of a gangster and go perform these activities um obviously jared leto i think he does an okay performance in this he does a psycho really well as we've seen in in some of his other performances in other films but um yeah i'm i'm really struggling i was saying to john i'm really struggling to find too many positives in this it's about 20 minutes longer than it needs to be there's some pretty poor writing in this there's a an obvious scene where jared leto asks oh why is everyone missing two fingers and uh, one of the cast member says back to him oh it's because um to prove themselves to the family or to make repents for a, a grave sin they've removed their fingers now later on jared leto has to prove himself guess how he's gonna prove himself so yeah there's a uh, it's it's kind of lazy. Cheap shock value. Yeah, 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 definitely. And um, I don't think this is going to drive the envelope for more diverse casting. Um, I don't think this is going to be a film we talk about for ages. Um, I can't always rush through this review, to be honest with you. It was a, it's a, it's a two out of five. Um, Netflix originals. Steven Spielberg, actually, just to go off on a tangent. Steven Spielberg, we're, we're celebrating his career a lot in, in the media world at the moment because Ready Player One is about to drop in cinemas and um, it's a real it, good time to look back over the, the legend's career. And um, he was asked recently in all these different publications and interviews that he's done of what's his view on the Netflix world. And he's described Netflix originals as it's just the, the, the new language for TV movie. And that really does resonate with me at the moment with Netflix originals. TV movies are crap. TV movies are made for the small screen. Yes, they might have smidgens of good talent in there. Steven Spielberg himself started as a as a TV movie director. But they don't change the world. And it is just a breeding ground for talent to move on, a stepping stone to something else. And I think Netflix, unfortunately, although originally when we first started this podcast and started talking about these streaming gems, we were talking about the likes of Okja and Death Note, films that would have never have been made in modern cinema, told in an innovative and fun way, which has really opened our eyes and had a conversation about things. Think about films like To The Bone. Um, again, very, very unconventional for Hollywood, but it, it helped drive forward conversation. They've now gone to pieces of shit like when we first met and uh, oh God, I can't even think the last bloody one we reviewed that was terrible as well but um, I think they've gone for quantity over quality and this is definitely a knee-jerk reaction to Disney buying 21st Century Fox and having their back catalogue and their new app that's coming out next year they've thought shit we're going to lose all our content so we've got to make our own and this is just another nail in the coffin of trying to say that Netflix originals uh, are any are any good from a movie perspective. Um, anyone who tries to have that argument with me, I just tell them watch mute. <laughs> Maybe we should rename uh, this section "Streaming Duds" just for this week. Uh, yeah, it's definitely so avoid yeah. the outsider. Yeah, I'll definitely avoid the outsider. Watch Icarus. Just if you haven't seen it before, watch Icarus. And um, we will be. There is some hope. Annihilation is absolutely fantastic, and you can find out more on, a, on our spoiler special that'll be dropping soon. But um, yeah, in terms of just pure Netflix original content at the moment, there. Yeah, we need a, a bit of a shake up. Two out of five. <laughs> So
So connect the dots. Um, so for those of you that have listened to this for the first time, uh, connect your dots. It's a game where you can play along at home. Essentially, I've got a list of cast members from films taken from IMDb. I start at number 10 and work my way up to number one. If you and John can guess the cast member to the film by that position, you get points and I move on to the next film. Uh, last week, I absolutely wiped the floor with John, uh, but I think he was being nice to me when he picked the films. But, um, but shall we crack on? Connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots. You can't connect the dots with these followers. Hilarious. Connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots. You can only connect them looking backwards. Yeah, let's come on in. Hit me right. Right, okay, so let's 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 start this. Jim Piddock. Mmm. <laughs> Daniel Davis. Love Davis. Carry on. Andy Circus. Lord of the Rings. David Bowie. David Bowie. Oh, man. Samantha Murren. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Rebecca Hall. Oh, no. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Scarlett Johansson. David Bowie. Come on. Christian Bale. Oh, um, hold on. Hold on. You wait there one second. It's the prestige. It is. Yes, you got it on number two. <laughs> oh, shocking, man. Andy Circus threw me off. Yeah, I, I was just thinking of all his monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually a really, really good actor. Oh, man. But so, I thought David Bowie would have been enough because he's not. Uh, you. Where's Bowie in it? He's Tesla. Oh, of course. Oh, man. Classic. Oh, that's that's annoyed me, that one. You know, when you get it and you're like, I'm annoyed because yeah, yeah. it's taken... How many... What was that on? Seventh? That was, that was on your eighth. Eighth? Yeah. Oh, you got to bail. Oh, no. Come on, Em. I've got my... Re- I'm going to re- redeem myself. Okay, right okay, okay. Ted Danson. Uh, basketball. Matt Damon. Um, the Martian. Jeremy Davis. Okay. <laughs> Giovanni Ribsy. Okay. Vin Diesel. What was the first one again? The first one. Paul... Oh, sorry, no. Ted Danson. Okay. Adam Goldberg. Yeah. Barry Pepper. Yeah. Edmund Burns. Sorry, Edward Burns, I should say. Uh, yep. Tom Sizemore. It's not going well. Keep going. Final one, Tom Hanks. Hanks... Matt Damon, same part, Ryan. Yes. Oh man. Oh god. I'm so. It's not. Um, it's not been a good week for you, John. Well, week. maybe, maybe. Next week, you're you're getting some hard ones. These aren't particularly. I, I mean, thought you like these films. You I talk about like, these films all I like the time. These, I don't talk. That one I said wasn't was not as good as some war movies. To be fair. No. All right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Let's see if Tom you can man. if you can be the big redeemer and go for close to ten. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Helen Bowen Carter. Um, let's have a guess at... Um, you can just list any film she's been in, to be honest, John. You've got a chance then. <laughs> well, um, what's Sweeney Todd? No. <laughs> Eugene Burdone. Fight Club. Yes. Really? Yeah, you got it on, got it on the ninth one, so nine points. Oh, nine points. Oh, there we go. That's slight redeeming. Slight redeeming. So you got Helena two... Bowen- Bottom car was first. That was that was nice of you. 
Oh, I thought, yeah. Is she well, number 10? Yeah, she's number 10. That's a bit hard. So, uh, George Maguire, uh, David Andrews, Richard Aragaya, Zach Gardner, Meatloaf, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton. I, yeah, okay. Not bad. Not bad. That's slight redemption there, but not happy about having to wait <laughs> till Hanks to get Saving Private Ryan. But... Well, you know what, John? You can near, you can double your points. Really? Gamble. Yeah. Gamble. 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 So I'm going to pick a film, yep. one out of three, and you've got to t- and tell you the writer of that film. And if you can guess to the film, then I will double your points. So we've points. got Saving Private Ryan. We've got um, Fight Club. And yep. we've got the prestige. Yep. All right. Okay. To double your points, tell me what Robert Rodat, who, what film did he write? He wrote the prestige. No, he did he not. He wrote Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> he also wrote Falling Skies, For the Dark World, The Patriot, The Catcher, as well as the Lego Marvel game, <laughs> Avengers. Who would have thought? Wow. Okay. There you go. Bad show, John. Bad show. What was that? That's about 10 points. 11 points. 11 points. That's one less than I got last time. And you got 22 points. Yeah, I did win the doubler thing as well. You won the doubler. It was like 36 I got. But anyway, let's not rub it in. Anyway, connect the dots. Your father always said he wanted you to be a pilot. He said a lot of things. I'm not a hero like he was. The kaiju. They're gonna come back. I'm not gonna be stuck waiting for someone else to come save my ass. Cadets? So, let's rewind back to 2013. Pacific Rim. Gavino del Toro's monster love letter to Godzilla. And just Jaeger movies in general. It was a bit of a cult hit. Um, Idris Elba, Charlie Hannon, absolutely smash it out of the park. One of my favourite uh, monstery movies. Although I've gone on record and I've said this before, didn't feel like a Gamino del Toro movie embodied compared to his other films. It felt like more of a, he put his name to it, like a production house thing. Anyway, it done well enough at the DVD sales that the producers come back to him and said, Gamino, we... we we want a sequel. And he sat there and gone, oh, I've kind of got this script here for this it's called The Shape of Water. Um, I'm going to be busy making that. And they go, well, you can't make both. You either make Shape of Water or you let someone else take the reins and, and make a sequel to Pacific Rim. And he's gone, all oh, right. I bet he's kicking himself now, though, right? <laughs> I mean, I bet he's wiping his eyes with his two Oscars. But um, anyway, Pacific Rim Uprising, the sequel, came out in UK cinemas last week. Um, it's got a complete new cast, complete new director. However, there are some small, I don't want to call them cameos, but appearances from the previous cast. John Boyega from Star Wars, he is taking the lead in this role. He's also a producer in this film, which I found really interesting um, he's got some money to spend right oh he's got that star wars though you know he can throw that around they're like oh can you handle this i got star wars cash of course i can do it um but john boyega plays jake pentecost the son 
of Idris Elba's, um, I can't remember Idris Elba's character's name, but Idris Elba in the first film, he's playing the son of him, although Idris Elba's character never mentioned he had a son in the first film, but let's not pick holes too much in that. Basically, it's set 10 years after the events of Pacific Rim. Um, the world has not needed to defend itself against the kaiju monster threat, however, has been preparing quietly in the, in the shadows whilst the world has moved on. Um, this film is very much about they could come back, we're preparing for something for if they do come back. And John Boyega's character is lost. He's basically, he's been, he was automatically indoctrinated into being a Jaeger pilot, but um, didn't live up to the, the name and the family reputation. So he decided to go to go live off the the, the cool coastline towns and, and party about, really. Um, he... John Boyega is absolutely fantastic in this. He's really developed his own flair, his own style. What I really appreciate is when a Brit is in a movie and he doesn't conform to the typical stereotypes of have a very posh accent and and very witty and charming. John Boyega is John Boyega. He's, he sounds like a London kid in this film. And yeah, that's the that's the Britain I want to see on screen. That's the Brit I want to see portrayed because that's, that's representative of real life. Um, I think he's absolutely fantastic from that perspective. Um, sorry, I should rewind back a little bit if you've never seen any of the Pacific Rising films. So the concept is it's in the kind of near future. A species of alien from another dimension have been appearing and destroying massive towns. Uh, they've used a portal that was in the Pacific Ocean. And uh, in the first movie, Idris Elba is leading a resistance of giant robots that basically save the world. That's the, that's the premise. And that's what leads into this second film, kind of, like I said, set 10 years later, where they're preparing for a major threat. If I could say the first film is really heavily inspired by Godzilla, Jaeger, Hunter movies, I would say that the sequel's inspired by the Saturday morning cartoons that would kind of follow. The idea of these big team-up robot, you know, rock and sock and robot stuff. Oh, idea here is to sell toys to kids. It's inspired by, it's not necessarily dictated by. It's a bit of uh, kid nostalgia if you're of a certain age and thinking, oh man, I just want to see a big bunch of robots beat the shit out of stuff writing wise and um, very similar vein to the first film i don't think they realized it with the first film that um Camino del toro really did build a world with pacific rim and that world building he done in the first film really has paid off in the second film where there's actually a real rich tapestry of history and and culture to tap into for this sequel john did you see pacific rim no. <laughs> <laughs> so John's giving that look. I really of... <laughs> want to. Now I've heard about it though. Uh, it's there. It's there. They're great films, to be fair, and then this sequel is definitely a worthy successor. Um, it is setting up. I think it's probably setting up a a trilogy, and I think they probably will dive into that quite soon. I think this is going to be quite successful as a film. Um, special effects wise, there's a real spectacle to this. Um, there's some really great scenes where the the it's a CGI monster movie, right? It's a CGI robot monster movie. I can't get more sort of ex you know, pumped and uh, excited for it. But there's some really nice storytelling elements in this. Again, John Boyega's very charismatic, very charming. And he's making me like him more and more in each film I see him in. I don't particularly care for him as Finn in Force Awakens. I thought he got a bum deal in The Last Jedi. But if there was any question on this guy's acting ability to carry a big film, 
And this is a big step forward for him. This is not just a, okay, you've not got the legacy of Star Wars to hold you up. You're on your own here, mate. And you've also got producing credits on top of this as well. It shows that he's a real filmy guy. He really can not only be in front of the camera, but also behind the camera. So, yeah, I really recommend go seeing this one. Um, you know, I'm, I can't turn around and say it's a four or a five because it's just a big monster movie. And, you know, it's a big summer popcorn-y enjoyable film and it doesn't mean it's not very good um it's three out of five but it's a highly recommended movie go see it um probably go see it this week because next week's ready player one and i think that's going to take all the money is it as good as the original by del toro um i think it's very similar and because del toro although i know del toro directed the first film it felt very much like he was working with a production house where his name was on it and i can imagine a lot of other people were involved in this so i think the the new director probably played it safe and basically played it as a direct sequel to pacific rim so there's still elements very much of the first film you could have told me that it was the same people that made the first film made the sequel i definitely would have believed you so do you have to have seen the first one or is that not important uh it's not important um i do recommend seeing the first one because it's just a good film anyway um unfortunately though although i know a lot of people are wondering this there's there's no um, ron perlman cameo in this he seems to always pop up in del toro movies and he does do an awesome cameo in pacific rim as well but um yeah you know go see this one it is really enjoyable three out of five pacific rim uprising well he's pretty big Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Talk Filmy to Me. If you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it, making it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. There we go. Good work, Ben. <laughs> um, please get in touch on Twitter. You can find us at Talk Filmy to Me, or you can find me specifically at Descamento. Next week, we're going to be delving into the big one, Ready Player One. Steven Spielberg, I hear he's quite good at making a film or two. Apparently, he's quite prolific. But um, I think it's fair to say he hasn't made an absolute smash hit in the last few years. So, um, and I'm talking about being an executive producer on Transformers. You can't walk away from that shit, Stephen. You need to pick that up. And also, The Post. I didn't think that was very good neither. So, has the old boy still got the chops? Can he still wow us and bring us to, to cinematic orgasm? I really hope so. So, our review of Ready Player One, as well as a streaming gem. Hopefully, it doesn't suck. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a feature or two in between. We're down in the pit. Talk filmy to me.